Hey, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and today I'm here with my amazing wife, Miss Skye. Hello. So we're going to do a clinic debrief on Sedona, and Sedona, Arizona, that is. And I have Skye with me today because she got to ride in the clinic. I did. It was great. So in years past, Skye's usually babysitting them girls. Is it called babysitting <laughs> it for your own kids? No, you can't call it babysitting for your own kids. It's not babysitting if it's your own kids, but what do you call it? <laughs> Being a parent? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so she's she's usually doing school or watching the girls or tending to them. But the girls are older now. It's nice that Ellie's a little bit more mature and Swayze's getting a little bigger, so they can take care of themselves, so Sky has some freedom. Just and, a little bit. Uh, and they did the girls had some friends there too this week. Yeah, they did. It was fun. So so let's um so Sky, why don't you tell them about this clinic since you got to participate. Tell them what it was and what we did. Well, one of my favorite parts of the semi-private clinics that I often don't get to be included in is well, not that I'm not included, but I often can't be there is at the very beginning of each day uh, they'll have a meeting and kind of get together and talk about their goals for the week. And then, um, you know, each day after that, you'll talk about um, how, like highlights, how it went and any questions that come up. And it, it's just one of my favorite times. For one, I learn a lot because, um, you know, it's more of a sit down and, and listen and chat kind of thing. But it's really fun for me to be able to hear and see how everyone does because I feel like the clinics that I don't really get to participate much um, or be a part of things like this, then I don't remember people as well where when I'm able to, you know, kind of be a part of it, then I remember the people, I remember their mules, I remember their struggles. So then when we see them again, then it's more fun to kind of see their progress and stuff and, um, Usually I'm doing, you know, we do homeschool in the mornings, try and get it out of the way so we can play the rest of the day. So oftentimes I don't get to be a part of that uh, meeting, but I I wanted to make sure and be there this time. So we did really quick versions of homeschool <laughs> last week. And anyway, the girls had friends to play with there too that they don't get to see very often. So it all worked out, but that's one of my favorite parts. And then after that, Everyone goes and gets their mule and heads out to the arena and starts working on those things uh, that they talked about. So another thing I love about the semi-private clinics is that each person is working at their own level and on their own things. So they're spending, you know, that session, that morning session or that afternoon session on specifically what they are there for, you know, um, rather than the public clinics being more of a classroom setting, you know, where you're, you're getting the information and you're practicing it. And eventually you'll get to the part that you really, um, maybe that you're really there for and need help with. Um, it all goes together, of course, but you know, so for me and my mule cupcake, we really need some work on transitions. So for me, I was able to, rather than waiting for that to come up in the classroom setting at the the last clinic, you know, in Sayurita, I was able to focus more on those specific things that I needed. And everyone else was on their own, you know, doing their own thing. And Ty just helps us kind of individually. So it's a group, but it's kind of an individual clinic too. So 
and we'd have a lunch break and then we'd go back to the arena for maybe a couple exercises uh, to work on and then we'd hit the trail and so that's always really fun too that's a bonus yeah these these semi-private clinics are well they're just totally different than the regular classes like sky saying in the regular classes it, it is a course so you you know if you sign up for foundation we're doing groundwork if you sign up for mealmanship one it's it's those fundamentals if you sign up for mealmanship two it's it's the advanced work or hopefully um so this is a lot of fun and uh, i kind of explained a lot of the semi-private clinic uh stuff in the debrief from last week from cave creek too so i guess won't go, go into that a whole lot but you know uh the morning meetings are probably my favorite part you know i wished I wished afterwards that we could have like put a mic on you and maybe recorded some of that for our video library because there was so much information in that, in those meetings. I mean, they almost went two hours every time and it... Just about. It wasn't like we were there, uh, you know, just kind of sitting and waiting. Like, it, it was a very engaged conversation. It didn't drag out for two hours. It was two hours of engagement. You're right. Like, it, it was... It went by fast. I looked down at the clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been here for two yeah. hours. And then we'd have like an hour left of the morning session. and <laughs> mm -hmm. Which was good because people were still wore out. Yeah. You know, everybody wants big days in the classes. Like, oh, I wish the classes were longer or the clinics were longer. But you get you get to the four o'clock on these, you know, at the end of the day on these semi-private clinics and folks are done. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're pretty well cooked up. But, um, you know, some of the... Some of the conversations that come up in the morning were very interesting, and, and um, there's one that stands out. Um, there was one participant there that um, had uh, almost a little bit of a breakdown, Sky. Would you call it that? I don't know what you'd call it, but... Um, Just a about moment. A moment of, of stress about learning styles, and, and this individual um, is, is a very visual learner, um, She's, she doesn't work so good or learn so good, I suppose, from just me talking about it. So, like, she actually said, she's like, nah, I'm not a fan of the podcast because <laughs> I don't, she doesn't, she's not an audio person. Like, she can't listen and learn something. It's more hands-on and hand, visual. Hands-on and visual. And so, and I said, well, you know, we, we kind of went through it. Um, that's great. That's why we do these these clinics so that you can ask over and over. And I can actually show you. And this is why... You know, we, we, Sky and I, we spend the extra money it takes to haul our mules. In fact, right now we're in the process of trying to fix up and, and uh, buy a new rig. And anyway, so that we can, we want to haul our mules so that we can be there to, to demonstrate and to help. And even when I, when I fly to clinics, which is lately has been a little bit more often, huh? Yeah. Um, when we fly and I don't get a chance to take my mules, um, I find something to use. And I'll ride whatever, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever they bring. I'll I'll use it to demonstrate as best as I can to fit those visual learners. And, and I guess it's important to know that we all do learn differently, and it's the same thing as the mules. And it's it's really a great lesson because even though we all learn differently in a different way, the 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 fundamentals of what we learn doesn't change. Like just because she was more of a visual learner, and maybe somebody else was more of an audio learner. Well, it's like Megan, you know, that was there also. She really likes to watch mm -hmm. and listen, you know. So a lot of times when Ty was working with somebody else, she would kind of watch and observe how they were doing it. And that she got she gets a lot from 
from that and then goes and tries to apply it where there are people I think that just need to just do it and they need to have you know tie nearby to say oh maybe try this a little more or this a little less that's the type of learner I am yeah like I I, I like to get on the mule and or, or work on the ground like get immersed in the work and I and I learn that way by actually doing it um that's why it's hard, you know, but, but this is why we do so much. Like we make the podcast so you guys listening here can listen and learn. Um, we have our video library. So folks that can't make it to a clinic, they can watch and be visual and learn that way. And then of course we do the clinics, which the clinics mostly serve hands on. That's, that's the way we set these clinics up, you know, show up hands on, do it, learn that way. And so we try to, we try to help everybody in some way, you know, uh, as best as we can but what I was getting at there Sky though was it's you know mules are a little different that way too now they don't have I don't believe that they learn you know some people learn by visual some people are hands-on some people can listen and whatever it is but the the mules do learn differently like you know there's different amounts of of questions you can ask or another way of putting it of pressure you could put on a mule and the way they could take it or leave it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we still teach them the same thing. It's one thing I always, I guess one of the criticisms we get, right, is about like our checklist. And folks are like, well, every, every mule is different. You, see, you can't, that doesn't work on everything. But the cool thing about like the checklist that we teach is those are just fundamental moves. They're just like the skeleton of of what they need to learn, right? Well, it's kind of like, you know, our groundwork DVD that we made how many years ago? Like six, seven, six, well, seven years ago now. Yeah, and uh, we didn't we didn't have it in checklist form at that point, um, it, but it was all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And we kind of made the checklist for the human. Yeah. You know, just so that they have something to go off of. Well, and it is in order for, for mental right. learning and it is in order for physical learning. So it, it is, yeah. But it's it, it builds animals mentally and physically, and um, but yeah, it is good for the human. The human needs something to do, <laughs> basically. Well, it's like building a house. Obviously, you're not gonna, you know, put the. I don't know how to build a house, so <laughs> I know the foundation goes first. Mm-hmm. But you know, you things have to be built in a certain way, and I think it, you know, doesn't matter what kind of house it is, it still needs to be. It's gotta be in order. Yeah, you know. But so. People say, well, my mules learn, you know, this mule learns different than that mule. But we still stick to the process. You may have to adjust to fit the situation, though. Right. So that process never, for me, the process doesn't change. Um, But the time may vary. Like groundwork on one mule might be a couple hours before the the writing hours come, you know. So, like, I could add up the, the total groundwork time that from start to, to end and it might be a few hours i'm not talking in one day i'm talking about total hours you know and then another meal like uh you know we've had a few meals we've got some meals here that we do groundwork on for i mean a long time before we ride so it, it changes that way the time the time might change but not the actual process yeah you, you know you still gotta like you know well, the, the hindquarters have got to be strong before you can do a lot with the forehand well i always kind of you know, it always makes me think about school with my girls, and they, uh, I'm teaching Swayze to read the same way I taught Ellie, but they are different learners, mm-hmm. you know, just the way they kind of 
take it in or process it or whatever. But it's the same process. Yep. You know, they still have to learn the same letters. And they might go at different paces and whatnot, but yep. it's the same. Like, you know, it, that's in order for a reason, too. You can't just expect them to yeah. spell big words before they know what a letter is. <laughs> yep. So I guess the point we're trying to get at, you know, and how this conversation went was that it's okay if you learn differently and it's okay if your mules, your horses, your donkeys learn differently, but you still have to s stick to the process, some organized process so that you can get through it and get everything in order the way it needs to be. And, um, yeah, so that was one of the conversations. The other stuff that came up quite a lot was we talked a lot of mule brains this weekend, didn't we? We did. And I love it. I wish I, I, you're right. I wish we could have, I wish I, sh I, I had a mic on, and we could have filmed that these sessions because there were some really great topics that we talked about some really good questions and it was fun no this group was really fun everybody had ridden with me um before but uh what, and a lot of them, them had, were really recent yeah there there was yeah a bunch of them had just came to Sayurita, arizona a couple weeks beforehand um and you know so they were lisa fresh. <laughs> lisa was there you know lisa taka our amazing host and this is her ranch that we had it at, which was absolutely gorgeous, huh? Yeah, I don't know how you so, can get any better. <laughs> oh my gosh, the the it was so beautiful. But you know, she's been to twelve or thirteen clinics. Megan's been to probably about the same, mm -hmm. right? Probably a dozen clinics. Um, uh, Bonnie was there. She's she's been to multiple clinics, maybe five, five or six clinics, I think. Um, Mary's been to a couple, and um, the other two had you know Daniel and. And Kendall had only been to one before, but anyways, it was good to have some of the newer folks there, but having the folks that have been there um, a bunch really brought major questions. You know, Lisa's questions and Megan's questions, I mean, they were all real, really intricate and, and you know, very specialized and deep, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it was really fun to get that, and that's kind of some of the stuff that we don't get in the regular clinics. and. That morning meeting is just my favorite, you know, to to visit with folks and, and also have them pay attention because I'm used to, we basically do a mini version of this meeting, right, in our regular clinics. Yeah. But it's just real quick. I just go around and it's basically get to the point. Tell me what you need help with. Well, and everyone's either, one, super distracted by their antsy yeah. mule or super distracted by their antsy self because yeah, they're, they're nervous. worked up, you know, or yep. uh, anyway anxious for whatever reason but which we try i try really hard and i hope i do a good enough job of make, making you guys that come to my clinics feel welcome and feel feel uh yeah feel happy to be there and not be so nervous i try hard well i know there's like a a struggle when you know people message us here and there and they say it's because they want to come to the clinic for what they need help with but then they don't want <laughs> their their mule to be the problem child of the clinic, you know? So it's like <laughs> they know help, they don't want to they they know they need up. the help, but they don't want to be in the, you know, spotlight, the spotlight and the Yeah. You don't want to you never want to be that one in the class, but mm -hmm. we've all been there. But you know, so it just it, it helps people just kind of have to yep. humble up a little bit and just come for some help and yep. everyone everyone's there for the same reasons, you know. So we you can always feel comfortable. The good people, you know, the people that come to our clinics are good people. It, it takes a certain, 
it takes a certain type of person. And those of you that are listening, you, you guys fit in this as well because you've taken the time to listen to this podcast right now to get better. But it take it, you can tell a lot about a person by them just taking the time to sign up and show up to a clinic or listen and get help. You know, the there's plenty of know-it-alls already out there. We don't see them, you know. Well, and I think even, you know, people like me who are maybe just a little more anxiety filled <laughs> than, than maybe some, you know, like it would be a big deal for me to step out of my comfort zone and kind of be um, out there like that. So I think, I just think it says a lot about people being willing to be there, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they have the ones that do have trouble because they know they need help. Um, you know, like even Heidi... Um, does Heidi Dinkle listen? To the I don't podcast? know if Heidi listens to podcasts. Anyway, I hope so. Um, because she's not on Facebook or anything, but um, she was worried about bringing her horse a couple weeks ago because she said he's just really pushy, so maybe I shouldn't be in the foundation class. I don't want to mm-hmm. cause problems. And like, no way, come and use us up. Let us help you. That's the point, you know. So and I think a you, lot of people you had feel more that trouble way. with Dolly than she had. I know with her horse. I was the one that day. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I've seen in almost every clinic, somebody's mule pull away and bolt away. And, you you know, I never, I've never thought anything of it. It's like, oh, you know, I know they're always, well, not always, but they're often like, oh, I'm so sorry or whatever. But, um, you know, I never thought twice about being like, oh, don't worry about it. Just go grab them up and keep going. Like it didn't phase me at all being outside of it, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but as soon as I was the one that my mule got away, I was like, oh my gosh, this feels terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like this, you know, I was like, oh, I was embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh. And I know nobody cares. Nobody cares Mm because I know that being on the other side, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't cause me any trouble. But so I know how you guys feel. I am such an anxious person, you guys. (laughs) If you only knew (laughs) what Ty has to deal with with me every day. So let's talk more specifically about this clinic because we feel like we're bouncing. It's because I am here. I am really good at getting off topic. Rabbit trails everywhere. (laughs) So back to this clinic. Now, let's see. There was a few people there. Well, I guess they were all super, I mean, they all had their own little things going on. But there was one fella, Daniel there, that had his meal named Bridger. And, um, he he made a lot of obvious improvement, and there's a couple lessons here with that. You know, number one, his mule is greener for sure, um, very green. Just a five-year-old, um, I'd I'd say barely green broke. I mean, it didn't. Bridger doesn't know a whole lot, right? And Daniel's pretty green too, um, but that's fine. Um, they can learn together, <laughs> and the mule was good they're, enough. That, they're on the right track. Yeah, they're on the right track. <laughs> it wasn't like he was having any any. He doesn't have any problems, and a lot of people mistake. You know, when I say the mule's green, they're thinking trouble. No, it's just an inexperienced mule, um, but a very good, good-minded mule. Sweet, sweet mule, wasn't he? Yep. I like that Bridger. Um, so, but Daniel made a lot of progress in four days. Like he made some serious changes. He did. Did, did a lot of good. Um, and the first thing I want to mention on on this though is, you know, as you guys are working through your progressions the you get more instant gratification and there's more there's more change that comes along in those early stages so it's good to you know you get a lot of momentum is what i'm saying you know when they're first learning uh oh good job we we, we rolled the hinds good job we moved the front good job we got to stop good job we're we're walking trotting loping you know it's you get excited and um 
but as you progress it, it's not as instantly gratifying you know like when you start a cult for example you're so excited that they didn't buck a saddle off or that you got on and they didn't take off you know or um, that they moved at all. They, they moved, Sometimes whatever. Sometimes they don't move at all. <laughs> You're excited that they, you could pick up his foot, you know. But as you move on, those things just better be there, and you're looking for some other things. And and Daniel mentioned to me, we were working the last day, or the second to last day on transitions, and, you know, Lisa was out there on Katie trying to lope that circle. We have a little circle exercise that we practice, trying to get the mules to stay on course on a loose rein. And um, Lisa was working at this, and I was I was getting after Lisa for all you know little things like like there go you know and and uh, oh a little too much oh not enough you know and up and down and and Daniel at the end he's like I would just love to lope uh, Bridger like that like he's he's like like that is his goal and where me and Lisa were working at trying to get that better and better and better and you know we weren't uh, the changes come a lot slower you just when, get more particular yeah the better you get it's never ending. Like yeah. it's never ending. You're trying to get better and better. And, um, anyways, I thought it was really funny. It's like, I would love to lope like that where, well, me too. I have the same yeah, struggle with cupcakes. Me, yeah. Me and Lisa were working at it and trying to get it better and trying to get it dialed in. And he's just yep. like, that would be great. But so a little bit more about Daniel and Bridger, you know, the first day, um, in the afternoon we went out on the trail every, every day, uh, about the last hour and a half or so of class, we went out on the, on a trail ride just to, uh, solidify things and to you know everybody kind of cool down a little bit and relax and you know trail rides a lot easier than working in the arena um so just kind of wind down the day but that first day it was not easy for daniel that first day his mule was charging down the trail did not want to walk and all the only instructions i give everybody was okay i want y'all to stay 10 feet back from the person in front of you so don't do the nose to tail dude string thing keep 10 foot distance between you and the mule in front of you or the horse in front of you. That was it. That was my instructions first day. And this was so hard for Daniel because <laughs> his Bridger. mule, for Bridger, <laughs> for Bridger. But, um, this mule wanted to discharge. He could not stay back 10 feet. He just wanted well, to trot and catch up. And he didn't want even just right near the, the one in front of him. He wanted past and near the front, didn't he? Yeah. He was very worried. You know, we, we've talked, we talked before about this herd dynamics, you know, they, the the insecure animals are naturally drawn to the second and third positions basically in the herd that's the safest place in the herd you know they're not confident enough to be the leader because that's scary <laughs> right for some of these critters and they definitely don't want to be be in the back because you know that's who gets eaten that's first. who gets eaten first and <laughs> they don't have to be fast just faster than them right so um they you know insecure animals naturally want to push forward toward the front um, and, and this is what Daniel was dealing with, with Bridger and man, he was, he was having a tough time and, and basically all I had Daniel doing was rolling high and rolling the front. And so every time that mule felt, I told Daniel, and I was trying to help him get better timing and I'd say, do it now, 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 because he was a little late in the beginning. He would wait till after the mule started to trot and charge to roll the hind roll the front. And that makes it way more difficult. And so I was trying to help him read as that mule was building, I could see that mule building up. I could, I could tell. And so I tell him now, and, you know, sometimes by the time I said now, and by the time he heard it, by the time he did it, it was too late yet, but he was getting better about his timing and, and no exaggeration. He probably did uh 200 something turns in an hour and a half, just rapid fire, roll the hind roll the front, 
had him alternating sides because he'd roll the hinds, roll front, and guess what happened? Zoom. That mule would shoot out of there, like because it's now it's further behind. So the mule's like, "You stupid human! Now we're behind. We're never gonna catch up." And it would just run right out of those turns, and he'd go again, roll the hind, roll front, roll the hind, roll front, and he did this. You know, the ride was about an hour and a half that day, I guess, but I'd say the last 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, the mule finally settled and relaxed, and Daniel could stay back about 10 foot from the one in front of it. And he was wore out that day. He said, man, I am wore out. And he was a little nervous, and he was telling me that before he had rode out with some of his friends, and his friends aren't into this mulemanship stuff. They don't, they don't do this. They don't know anything about this. And so Daniel's a little bit on his own. And he's saying, well, this exact thing came up last week, but I only did like 20 turns. <laughs> and today we did 200-something turns. And he's like, so I did 20. I'm like, well, what happened after the 20? He's like, I just quit because it felt like it was getting worse. And this is what comes up a lot is <laughs> folks will, they'll try something like this. Oh, I heard, you know, if my mule's charging on the trail, Ty says you can roll the hind roll the front. And that's one out of many things we do but that's that's the that's a very basic move it's kindergarten move really right they could roll hind roll front that's kindergarten stuff or you think it would be <laughs> um sometimes we get mule ship two mules that can't do that but um it's kindergarten really is and what will happen is somebody will do it but it feels like it's building feels like it's getting worse and they quit and this is what daniel said happened the week before right the problem with that is is these mules get scared. They're already scared. That's why they're charging. They obviously don't feel comfortable. That's why they want to charge to the front on these rides or wherever you're at. You can't keep them you can't keep them where you want to keep them. So they're nervous there. And then now you're basically trying to redirect them and you get to roll in the hind roll in the front and they're getting wound up, right? Like it usually feels like it gets worse before it gets better. And this makes the person a little nervous, so they kind of quit, but the problem with quitting at that moment is you've brought that animal's cortisol levels and it's basically its nervousness to to a maximum. Like you, you've brought it way up and you didn't help them get through the trouble, right? You just built on it. You just built it up and it made it worse and you didn't help them come back down. They learn really good with with a, a certain mixture of anxiety and stress. They, they learn, they get a little anxiety and you help them come down from that, and you get through it on a good note, and that really helps them out. But if you just get that anxiety up, and up, and up, and up, and they say, oh crap, this is getting scary, I better quit, they're going to be worse the next time, right? Right. Are you, are you here? <laughs> yeah, here. I was up. waiting for more. I was waiting for more to come. <laughs> so, it's kind of like we teach about, like if you... You know, if I'm riding down the trail, here's another example of it. If I ride down the trail and my mule's scared of something, then, you know, maybe they just barely kind of tip to the side. Maybe they barely go off one way or the other. And, you know, you might think, oh, no big deal. You know, it's not like they jumped and I fell off, right? We just was a little scared of it. Um, but if you, if you just keep going past that, they might go past another rock and they might be a little scared of it another rock they might be scared of it and then finally you know they they jump really big and, and you fall off and and get you break your leg 
And like, well, Jesus, out of the clear blue, my mule was scared of a rock. But I don't get it because we were we were okay. They only spooked a little bit of these rocks before. We've been seeing all these rocks all day, but now we spooked at this rock, and, and they jumped sideways, and I fell off and broke my leg. So what's the deal there? The problem is is we didn't help them come down off of those stress levels. They, they added to it one rock, another rock, another rock, another stump, another rock, another stump, whatever it is they're scared of, and we didn't help them come off it. And basically it just built and built and built until it was too much. They couldn't take it. They're full. They're full, they got to get out, right? Well, that's what happened with me with Dally when she did get away in Sayurita because I didn't have her come down enough mm -hmm. before I built on what we were doing. And eventually she said, can't do it. Yep. They get too much and they go. So, what, well, then what would I do, right, with that rock? This first scary rock, I want to help my mule. See, me and my mule are on the same team here. Me and my mules are partners here. I want my mules to succeed. It's not a me versus the mule. It's not I win, they win. It's it's a we thing, right? We're together in this. So if I come up to a rock and and they're scared of it, then I'm gonna help them out. I'm gonna keep riding until until they relax, right? Until they. Sky's <laughs> <laughs> distracted. Sky's distracting me. She's sitting here rocking back and forth. <laughs> it's really distracting me. I have a problem of rocking ever since I had babies. Kay. I can't, I don't know how not to rock anymore. And this is why I do the clinic debriefs by myself. <laughs> this is why. It's much more distracting and. Sky's off it's like doing a podcast in here with Ellie. She's just be all over the place. <laughs> Okay, focus. Sorry. All right, back to the rock. <laughs> so if my mule is scared of a rock, I want to help him through it, right? I don't want to leave him on that. I don't want to. I don't want to um, just like, well, no big deal. You know, I didn't fall off, so it wasn't that bad. No, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna confirm to that mule, hey, I got your back. I got your back. If I understand you're scared of that rock, and you're okay, I totally get it if you're scared of that rock. But hey, you don't have to be scared of the rock if I'm with you. We got this. We can handle this. We can get through it. And that's how I want to leave them. And then we come up 10 minutes later on another rock. I would do the same thing. So how would I confirm that that rock isn't scary, Sky? What do I do? Walk around it. You could walk around it. I could... For us, maybe walk on top of it. Walk on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe go over the top. But I'm going to maybe do circles around the rock, making inside turns only don't make outside turns when they're scared and only you're not inside turns you're not worrying about the rock you're it's almost like yep. it's not even there so you're working yeah i'm not even thinking they're going to be scared of the rock i'm just going to work them basically uh and working is, is probably a poor word right i'm just going to move around the rock i'm not trying to work them i'm not trying you're to you're working on particular moves that yeah. you've been working on on the trail anyway yep same stuff we're doing down the trail roll behind roll front um, we're just rolling the hindquarters, the leg yields, whatever I'm doing anyways, I'm just going to do that around the rock to confirm to them that they're fine. And as soon as they come down and pretty soon they'll look like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see the rock. That's when I move on. And that might take maybe literally like 20 seconds. It might take 20 minutes. I don't know, but I'm going to confirm that every single time. And back to Daniel and Bridger, what I'm getting at here is this time, when he was with me, unlike the week before, right? This time, I said, do it again. Do it again. And I could just see, like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, I would have never done that many without you. Like, I, I would not have done that many turns. I'm like, yeah, and you wouldn't have got it Wouldn't have got it done either. Nothing would have come of it. 
Like this takes some serious rep. He did he did two hundred something turns. Well, and it could in an hour and a half. It could have been that it took that many turns this time because he built on it the last time. Yep. You know. Yep. The last time the mule basically was like, oh, I, I can get through this. I can push through this. I can push through this, and and we finally got it done. And then, did you come on the second ride that day? The second um, ride. I think I you missed the second one... day. Okay, so the second day was amazing for Daniel. And we go out and we're riding, and he's like, this is the best trail ride I've ever had. He had never experienced Bridger that quiet, ever. He's like, this is this is fantastic. And it kind of gave him, him some confidence, because he's like, honestly, Ty, I didn't, you know, I've seen you, you and your videos doing that stuff, and, and maybe you can do it, but I didn't think I could do it. And um, by me hanging in here with him, and him hanging in here with me, and actually doing it, because that takes a lot, uh, he made some serious progress. Well, I think a good uh, point, or not point, but um, side note that you can mention is how you helped him when we started to stretch too far from the group, mm-hmm. and you jumped in front of him so that... Yeah, that was a big one. So that's a good comment. Thank you, Sky. So when you're working on a mule like this, and you're trying to... So, so say you want to stay 10 foot back behind, which I highly recommend. You guys do that every trail ride. Please don't let your mules assume the position nose to butt. Okay, that's just, they, they almost instantly ignore you, right? Like that's the quickest way to get your mule ignoring you is just to put their nose behind another mule's butt. It's like clicking autopilot. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the worst. I just, I just don't do that. Um, so as, as we're riding here and he's trying to maintain this distance, um, the mule's building up, right? And we're doing more turns, roll the hundred roll the front. And what, what's happening is we're rolling the hundred roll the front. We're getting further and further back. It's getting it's faster stretching. and faster. Yep. And the mule's stretching because in the beginning it wasn't very good at rolling the hundred roll the front. By the end of the day, it sure was. That's some serious coolness right there. Also, really I want to add to that that Daniel did mention, he said, I can feel it now. I can feel the feet. I can feel what it's... Because yeah. you kind of have that pull to help move the mule where in the arena it's maybe a little more sluggish and you oh, don't yeah. know what you're feeling. He's like, oh, I can feel He's this. like, I can feel the mule moving because you're not having to ask for as much because they kind of have the momentum already. But as we're, as he's stretching here further away from the group, this is getting harder for him. And I think this is the moment where he would have quit. Yeah. And I think this is the moment most of you will quit. And so I seen this coming and this is where you got to ride with good friends. Got to ride with people like me. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you're out of some friends that actually care about you. And there are good friends that actually care about helping you help your mule. So at this moment, I could see he's having this trouble. So I stepped in front of him with my mule. Now, Rietta doesn't really care about anybody else. Anybody. (laughs) Except for me. So she's fine. So the the people up ahead, they're in their own little world, the other gals. And they kind of just ride up ahead. And I think they're kind of forgetting about us. Um, And that's okay. That's okay. They're doing their thing. I'm helping Daniel. Um, but I could see he's having this trouble. They, and they weren't terribly far away, but it was far. stretching what Ty calls the rubber band. Probably a hundred foot ahead. Yeah, where it was, it was getting too tight and it was about to break. And that's, if you get too far, if you stretch this rubber band too far in this situation, it will snap. And that's when your mule turns from just wanting to, to do this to maybe they bolt and run to catch up and push through you. They don't care. This is maybe where you get bucked off. So... I seen this rubber band getting too stretched out. So I step in front with Riata 
And now I am maintaining a 10 foot distance with a little help. So I see him rolling the hind roll in the front behind me and he's getting too far. I just stop right and I wait. And as soon as he's about that 10 foot distance, I ride and I'm letting, so I'm helping to maintain that. And this is crucial if you're dealing with these problems to have somebody ride with you that could pay attention and ride in front of you like that. So I'm glad you brought that up, Sky. That's a really good, that's a really good comment. I would have forgot to mention that, but that's I, key. I think that makes all the difference in, in the success of it, you know, having somebody to ride with that will help you out. So yeah, on ride two, he went awesome. Ride three and four, he went awesome. And it was, it was really cool to see that success. Um, let's see what else, Sky. Who else was awesome? They were all awesome. There's there's so many things we could. We've already talked 36 minutes, and I haven't <laughs> talked about the other gals. But you know, everybody was working on their own little thing. Um, I would like to mention Kendall and Hermiel Woodrow, right? Mm -hmm. So Kendall had a lot of anxiety about using a snaffle bit. So she she buys this mule that's supposedly gated, and and um, she's got this big old shank bit that's foot i swear a foot and a half long just big old shanks on it just so you can just crush this jaw you know if you and if you she's not to. she's not doing this because she wants to crush the jaw she's no. she said this is what they told me that he's trained in so that's what i yep i thought i needed and that's another kind of big misconception like well that's what he was training so i have to use it right like i hear we hear that every clinic that is not the case you you do you like i don't care if i buy a meal from you and you train it one way i'm gonna ride it how i ride it i'm gonna retrain it well, even if we bought, well, even, you know, Chrome, when we got her, she had a pretty darn good handle. She was in bridle already. Yeah, you know, but we went up through our progressions, went back to a snaffle and worked our way up and, you know, got her familiar with the way we do things, which wasn't terribly far off what she had already been doing. But, you know, we're still going to go through the process and make sure it meets what we do. Yep. So... So she had been, t you know, this is what they had used to work that mule, whatever, train that mule. And so she's real hesitant about the snaffle bit. And, you know, learning how to use the tools the proper way and when and how are are a big part of this, you know. And um, she said, well, he did run off with me one time. And she said she had a snaffle on that time he ran off. She couldn't stop him. I said, well, how did you try to stop? She's like, well, I pulled back. So that's the other thing that's crucial to know is how to use your tools, right? The snaffle bit is not designed for if they run off with you to pull back on both reins. It's a lateral bit, so it's made to, to bend, you know. And well, she didn't. She really didn't know about this. And I don't think there's really any bit that is really made to. Like truly teach them to stop. That's, with you know what I'm saying with two reins. Like people say, go. Oh, you need this to stop them. Yeah. But if they're already running, like they can run through anything, you know, like you've you've kind of missed. And we did talk about this, you know, while we were there and with Kendall about it's so important to not worry about the stop after you've already, you know, crap's hit the fan and you're moving. But uh, just like Daniel, where Ty would say, OK, do it now while it's building or right when it starts to build rather than waiting for even Bridger just to trot to catch up. You know, the quicker you can redirect that yep. uh, thought, I don't know. Yep, you got to be ahead of it. So yeah. as it's, as it's ha before, if, if the mule's already running off, you're too late to stop it. 
like it's it's running so now you're going with it's going there with or without you so you better ride but you know what i was getting out here with like kendall was um kind of this this runaway that had happened to her previously that she talks about you're right she should you know we talked about how yeah you should read it beforehand but i she what did she struggle with in the clinic most do you remember i don't know walk trot and lope she could not walk on course on loose rain like she couldn't just she couldn't just do that circle at a medium walk and the trot was no way and the lope was no way and that was that's just one more that i can add to my statistic of 100 percent of runways that i have yet to deal with even as of this week right didn't know how to walk trot and lope on course on loose rain that's another one added to it so that's and, just and there's, such a big piece there's a lot of standards in that statement you know yes. so <laughs> that sounds so general but it's very it's big particular in mm -hmm. what he is saying Yep, walk, trot, and lope on course on loose rain. So, anyways, Kendall left there. She's got lots of work to do. She's got lots of work she to does, do. She does, and she, I think, she's, 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 she's going to do it. Yeah, she's game for it, you know. And she was. She was a hard worker. Like, she's like, okay, I'll do it. Yep. And I think with the whole bit thing, it was just a matter of education, and that's why I appreciate all you guys listening to this podcast today is because it is just uh, education, you know. You need to know um, – yeah, how to use the tools, how to use them properly, what they're designed for, and so, anyways, that was a that was a big one. So, anything thought, else? Yeah, I thought another thing you could mention was with Bonnie when um, you kind of, I think it was her kind of like aha was when you kind of told her she could experiment a little bit. Maybe you want yes. to mention how that conversation went. That's really good. It seemed like a light bulb went bing, and she just felt more comfortable. Yes. So basically, I told her, I said, you have the permission to experiment. Well, and this is Bonnie, the one that had, was a little frustrated with, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what we're talking Learning, about. Yeah. And, you know, she want, she's more visual and all this. And so I think this was a big help for her. So she wanted some, some exact instruction. That's basically what she was looking for. And I get this. There's a lot of people that want exact instruction. And, and um, you know, her being a photographer, right, um, she, uh, like she'll, she'll go adjust somebody's hair, right? Or move somebody's yeah, very, hand. Very particular. Very particular and stand like this, stand like this, stand like this, right there, right there, right? Dealing with lighting and all that stuff. So a very particular person, which is fantastic for working with animals because you do need to be particular. The problem is there's a difference between being particular and picky, but the lesson to her was, okay, yeah, this is generally where you hold your rein if you want to roll the hinds, and this is where you hold your rein to move the front end. This is how you hold your rein to leg yield and to side pass. This is where you put your legs to do this and this and this, and this is how you sit. But those are all just very general, and it, you need to be able to experiment on each meal. So maybe your leg right here, you know, that's, yeah, third gear to move the hinds, okay? But it's not coming through just right. Well, maybe move your leg just a little back, a little more maybe move it forward just a little bit more but you need to be able to experiment and me telling her hey just experiment maybe just just try to make little adjustments observe remember and compare like tom dorrance taught right and and just see what is going to work for you um trust the process but you need to you need to be flexible and it's like that um i don't know who it come from originally but i heard it from that Betsy Shirley, she says, 
Blessed are the are, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not get bent out of shape. <laughs> you know, like, and I think that's so that's a, such a great statement. Um, you know, you need to be flexible, so it's okay to experiment. Move your rein a little bit there. Move move your seat a little there. Move your leg a little there, and and see what you can get out of it. So, that's a great message to be flexible. It's okay to experiment. You don't have to be have it exact. And I tell folks in the clinics. You don't have to ride exactly like me, but you have to ride exactly like you. Be consistent in what you do. Be consistent in what you do. So, anyways, that was a it was a great clinic. A lot of fun. A lot of really good food, huh? Oh my goodness. Lots of good food. Just lots of food. <laughs> so, um, it was great. Big thanks to Lisa uh, for hosting us. And hey, if you guys haven't listened to Lisa's podcast episode, I had her on here as a guest. Um, it's, my, great. it's my new favorite one. Yeah, she was she was great. So you need to listen to that. I think it's episode seventy seven or seventy six. Anyways, just a couple ago. Just cut just a couple episodes ago. But listen to Lisa Taka. She is awesome. So, anyways, that's about it. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, if it's not if it's not too much to ask, I'd be very grateful if you could leave us a five star rating and write a review. Tell us what you think of these podcasts. Um, and if you have suggestions for topics, if you'd like us to to uh, talk about something, or if you have a suggestion for a guest to have on here, um, send me an email, ty at tsmules.com. Put in the subject line podcast. So, hey, thank you guys. God bless, and we will see you down the road.